Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, J215Forever. Follow your boy on Instagram and on my Instagram page, excuse, on my Instagram page, uh, the, the podcast page is Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. It's K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y-E-R. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is any way you want saying download the anchor app uh to get subscribed for all notifications or you don't have to you know what i'm saying i get paid by anchor so i always give anchor a shout out this anchor is sponsored by anchor this podcast excuse me is sponsored by anchor so shout out to anchor for making it happen listen we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify google music stitcher radio public and many many more all right i would suggest Using Anchor, but if you don't want to, remember it'll take you whatever to whatever uh, listening device you have to. So it works for you. All right, guys, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, March third. We have a lot to get to, so um, I wanted to start with a little bit of a humble approach, and uh, you know, this podcast will be called Off the Top. I'll talk a little bit about um, maybe two or three games just for reference points, but I just want to give out a lot of random thoughts that I've seen over this past week. All right. So first things first, um, I want to shout out to Damian Lillard, you know, sending love and light to my man, Dame. Um, I think it was either Bleacher, maybe not Bleacher Report, but there's an article in the uh, Atlantic about uh, Damian Lillard being emotionally drained, playing through tragedy. Uh, He's lost in the past 18 months. He has lost, excuse me, I'm going to read the exact quote. In the past 18 months, Lola has dealt with deaths of multiple family members and close friends. Last Thursday, before the Portland played the Lakers, Lola learned of the shooting of two people in his inner circle. He told the athletic that he considered not playing the next day's game. Uh, and I quote, Damian Lola said, I thought about it, not playing, because mentally I was like, I don't want to say I didn't care, but because I did care. But emotionally, I was like, whatever. Um, Lillard is definitely a top five MVP candidate. And, um, you know, sorry, I just dropped a word bottle. The NBA always talks about, you know, mental health and promote mental health. But I say other than promotion, I believe there should be an action behind it. So my question to you is, uh, now already, I think if there are deaths, I do think you can be excused for that. But do you think the NBA players should have mental health days? You know, um, I do believe that they have definite family days or if, like, um, a guy has a birth of a child between somebody that he is excused from the team. Um, but do you think the NBA should have mental health needs? And I, and I only say that because, again, the NBA consist- consistently promotes mental health. And, you know, when a guy's mental health is not 100%, you know, he's losing a lot of people in his family, well, what do you do? You know, I think, honestly, it was up to Dame and he plays through it because he's just a warrior. But I don't think you should just, you know, I don't believe in the mantra. I think it's very toxic, the mantra we was taught growing up. Just suck it up and deal with it. So, again, you know, I just want to send love to Dame Lillard uh, and everybody in his family for all the tragic losses and take it from there. Um, Staying on a somber note, fair or foul? So, unfortunately, the Atlanta Hawks had relieved their head coaching duties of Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce was there for three seasons. Now, I want to give my opinion about fair or foul, and then I'm going to give some facts in it. So, the Atlantic had a bunch of reports on it. Um, they're very credible. The people that talk said this stuff. I don't personally know this stuff, but I guess they said it is true. Um, 
So they started off by saying the first thing with Lloyd Pierce that he didn't like the shots Trey Young takes. Now, he's referencing if you ever watch Portland or not even Golden State, you know, Dame takes some deep threes. But to me, I don't think Dame's deep threes are bad shots because, one, he shoots like 37% on them. So he shoots actual good percentage on them. But more importantly, he's taking those deep threes just so you got to come out farther and farther on that pick and roll. And when you do, he can drive to the basket and there's just no space in the middle. So I don't think it's that bad. And he's just a better player. He can do more than we want. Now, uh, I believe Trey Young is only a 35% three-point shooter. But he shoots. He's shot less uh, recently in the last like month and a half. But he shoots like Curry and, and Dean. But he's not on that level of shooter those. Now, one thing about um, my man Trey Young, he is a phenomenal passer. All right? That's probably one of the most underrated parts of his game. But to me, I think the bigger question is, can you win with him as your best player on your team? I think you can become a good team. But I think every player that isn't him has has a good defensive responsibility being able to switch to the 2, 3, and 4. Now, back to Lloyd Pierce. He said in a conference call on an NBA, committing, um, NBA committee meeting that he hated the shots he takes as far as um, the drawing fouls. Now, what he's talking about is when Trey Young comes off of pick and rolls, he does his thing. He'll come real fast off a of pick and roll, slow down, and kind of back up or sidestep or lunge forward into the receiver receiver into the defender and draw fouls. Now he's not the only guy that does this, but he does it a ton and it drives coaches crazy. Steve Nash recently said that's not basketball. Trey Young has some sauce for him, a little spiciness for him back. Hey, I learned that move from you, so it's not basketball. What do you have to say about yourself? I thought that was real cute. Next thing. Um Cam Reddish, the rising their rising wing player, said he was too hard on him. Uh he said he would pick on him. So so that that's a little weird to me. Um, I think you should be harder on younger players. I can't. They didn't give specific examples about where he picked on him and what he did specifically. And also, John Collins had some issues on the team, which is uh, he thought Trey the offense is too centered around Trey Young, and they never ran plays. He actually said publicly that they never ran plays for John Collins. John Collins is a really good player. He's going to get north of a hundred million dollars um, this off season. So that's number three. But the biggest thing to him, to me, is that him and Trey Young didn't get along. Now, I understand that they had expectations this season, but I want to hit a slight curve. Rondo has missed more than 16 games, and I know you're saying it's just Rondo, but I do believe that their backup point guard, he was going to also play with Trey Young because they want to get Trey Young to be better, a better player off the ball. Number two, Chris Dunn has missed the entire season. All right. He's one of the best defensive guard in the league. He almost made an all, all defensive team at the guard position. And mind you, he's out for the whole season, and they got Trey Young, which is probably one of the worst starting guards in the NBA. So that's that hurts. Okay, Danilo Gallinari missed at least 14 games this season. My man, um, oh, my God, Bogdanovich, he misses mad games this season. You know, they had a ton of injuries, and I'm not making excuses, but listen, a lot of the times they didn't have their best lineups on the field. With that being said, last year they were a pretty solid team, and they're like 14 and 20. They're four games behind 500. And, um, you know, I, I, to me, I think he got fired for two reasons. One, he didn't get along with Trey Young. And two, they didn't improve defensively. Now, to me, my counter is they lost a lot of players this season that didn't play this year. So the question is, is it fair or foul about Lloyd Pierce? I'm kind of in the middle, but I'm going to lead towards fair. Listen, if you don't get along with your best player, you put a fork in the hill kind of between the organization with either me or him, and they're always going to pick him. All right. Um, he actually even told last week, I think he told somebody on the athletic that he's most likely going to get fired 
And, um, you know, it's going to be his fault and he accepts responsibility. He might have been foreshadowing just because he knew, like, you know, guys are getting wary. You're hearing too many mumbles out the locker room problems, and that's going to be a reflection of him. I still think he's a good coach. I hope he gets the same chances that Stan Van Gundy got to redeem himself. One of my big problems with coaching in the NBA is when a black coach gets an initial opportunity and it doesn't work out, he's just kind of just saying, oh, he's this guy and he's this way. Tom Thibodeau has always been Tom Thibodeau. Now, some chances he's worked, some chances it hasn't worked well, but he's continued to get chances. So for guys like Mark Jackson, uh, Nate, Nate McMillan has got a few chances. Nate McMillan and Lloyd Pierce, will they get chances again? You know, they get that first chance, but can they get a second chance? Be like, okay, I might have did this, this, and this wrong. Can I get a second chance to work back at it again? And it doesn't seem that way. Now, also to reference this, Minnesota had fired Ryan Sanders about a week and a half ago and immediately hired a coach from the, um, an assistant coach from the Toronto Raptors, then gives him a multi-year contract. Dog, that is toxic on so many levels. One, that is a definition of the buddy-buddy system where guys in position of power just hire their friends and they don't do fair due process of hiring minorities and people of color. Two, I believe the, t- um, the general manager from the Timberwolves is like, I think he's Puerto Rican. You know, so it's like, dude, you, you understand the fights and how hard it is to get in these positions and you just hire your buddy. And that's what he did. That though was his friends for a long time. I understand they said that he wanted to hire him before, but dude, that's not fair to too many of these other coaches. And it was an assistant coach that Damian Lillard and um, C.J. McCollum were fighting for. So I just believe time and time again that opportunity is not there. Listen, whether you fail or you fall is on your own, but you deserve that chance. And I, again, I do not believe in the NFL and NBA that black coaches are given a fair chance. One, if they do struggle and they don't do well the first time out, it's, oh, he can never get a head coaching chance again. I can name so many white head coaches that got chance after chance after chance after chance. And even when they consistently were falling apart, even when they weren't making adjustments, and it's just all good. And when it's these black coaches, oh, he's this way. Nah, man, you can't hire him. Even I go back to Mark Jackson a lot. There was definitely issues with Mark Jackson and Golden State. But my counter is, why can't he get another chance? And when I say that, people just kind of, well, because he did this. Yo, everybody has made mistakes before. We all have made mistakes. The whole point of life is, listen, learn from your mistakes, grow, and be better. So why don't these coaches get that same opportunity? So that's all I got to say about that. Um, so fair or foul, I'm going to say barely fair just because, again, he didn't get along with his um, with the coach and the team, with the coach, with Trey Young. And listen, if you don't get along with your best player, you're not going to go anywhere. Next topic. I did enjoy Boston losing, but I want to make sure I say this clear. I still believe, <laughs> excuse me, I still believe in Boston Celtics as far as making the playoffs. I think that is absolutely ridiculous, all right? Now, listen, well, Boston is two things. One, as much as I love Jason Tatum, he has to start getting back on defense. He's developed a bad habit when he miss shots or don't get a foul call, he's jogging back. And to me, listen, I know Brad Stevens might not be the yell, yell, rah, rah guy, but you have to put in principles for your young best player on your team to get back on defense. Two, listen, the injuries are tough. I... I said before that I think they need to trade for a big man. Obviously, if Vucevic is available, I still think you go for him just because he's an all-star player and he can make your offense that much better. But I honestly think the solution to the big problems is Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, and that. Maybe a pinch of Tristan Thompson, but I think you should start cutting Tristan Thompson's minutes. Um, 
And I think you should give Robert Williams about 25 minutes a game. Now, listen, I understand Robert Williams has a high foul rate. He kind of makes dumb plays a lot, uh, a lot of times. Sometimes he's a little aloof. But the guy's athleticism is ridiculous. And on a team that doesn't have a bunch of energy players, he usually plays with good energy. You know, Marcus Smart is another guy that plays with great energy. But, um... Listen, with the Celtics, is a couple things. They got to improve their bench. They need another wing player. Remember, they lost Gordon Haywood, which was one, a shooter, a ball handler, a pick-and-roll player, a good defender, and he can switch from multiple positions. Now, he might not have the stats on Boston, but they would better with him on the court by, by, by any means. Also, Brad Stevens is really big on ball movement, and I do believe that sometimes Tatum and Brown can kind of get stuck with the one-on-one movement. Now... I don't know if I talked about this before, but there's always like a tw- uh, online debate, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, who's better, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? So to me personally, this is how it goes. I think Jason Tatum is a better shot creator. I think he's better at getting his own shot, you know, creating a shot out of nothing, and just a better scorer overall and a better defender. I think Jalen Brown is a little bit tougher. He's better at going to the rim, and I think he's a very tough defender. Now, the difference is, I think that one of the big differences is, is that Tatum is a much more willing passer. As much as I love Jalen Brown, sometimes he definitely has tunnel vision, but he decides I'm going to score, and I don't really see anybody else when he has other guys open around him. Also, they don't do a lot of pick and rolls with him, and I think that's another reason he could develop, you know. But again, for Boston's problems, I honestly think they just need Kimba to play better. You know, if Kimba plays better, they're going to win games. Now, how high the ceiling is, I think they're going to have to trade for a player, maybe a Harrison Barnes, maybe a P.J. Tucker. They need another wing defender. Another versatile guy. Um, I just think they have a really thin bench. You got to think before. They went from having uh, Barkeith Morris, you know, uh, they had a lot of good bench. Uh, Terry Rozier, they had some good bench players. And now they kind of don't have uh, really great bench players. Peyton Pritchard has been decent this season. Uh, I think he has to be a little bit better. But I'm going to buy Boston stock. You know, I think they, they weathered the nasty storm. I, I still think in the Pelicans game, they kind of quit. I was arguing with a good uh, buddy of mine online about that game. He was talking about fouls. I was like, yeah, it's kind of just blowing leads and, you know. But, you know, we're not going to uh, rehash on certain topics. But I do. I am going to buy Boston stock. Now, another thing I want to talk about that I haven't talked about. Y'all know how much on this podcast that I have re- referenced the name Malik Monk. All right? In his last four games, averaging over 20 points a game, 40% shooting, 50% shooting from the uh, field goal range and over 80% from the field, from the free throw line, all right? Balling, balling, balling. Now, my only question with him is I do believe he's in the last year of his deal as far as his con- end of his rookie contract. And I don't know if Charlotte has ever offered him an extension, but I think he's a huge buy-low candidate that could be a great six-man on your team. Listen, he can really shoot. He's really athletic. He's an average defender. One thing that Charlotte has done to kind of hide him, they don't put him on the ball anymore. So whoever is like the guy in the ball, they'll put either uh, Caleb Martin, Terry Rozier, or LaMelo Ball on the ball. They don't put Malik Monk off on the ball. And he's been a little bit better as off the ball. And his his effort has been better as a defender. He's not a great defender. He's 6'3", average wingspan, but the effort has gotten better. But again, offensively, yes, yes, yes. All right? The next thing I wanted to talk about, things of notice, is Bradley Beal. Okay, I know Bradley Beal is dope. I know he's good. He leads the league in scoring. But I think they played last Sunday. They have played the um, Boston. Boston wound up winning the game. I think Jason Tatum scored like eight points in overtime. But 
between his pick and roll skills, his his pull up three pointer, and his ability to get to a rim with his ball handling, yo, listen. If you're a team, Denver, Philadelphia, um, the Knicks, uh, who else could use him? I don't know if the Clippers could ever give him, but I'm gonna just throw the Clippers out there. If you're any team that's a contender that can add him, do whatever it takes, okay? I don't know if I've been giving him the most props, but dog, he is an absolute stud. And like I said, with better players and a better teammates, he's only going to be better. You know, so the obvious question is, well, would you give up Ben Simmons for him? I would personally wait to this offseason and I would honestly ask Ben, yo, are you going to shoot this season? Because again, and again, this is the oldest topic. I hate we talking about this again, but I really think it's just so bad that the guy shoots all off season and you're posting videos of your shooting and the game you just you're just afraid to shoot and you're not shooting. Maybe afraid is the wrong word to use, but I'm I'm just tired of it and I hate it. Alright? So that's another thing I've noticed. Bradley Beal Baller. Alright. Another thing is fairness. Okay, so a lot of times people will talk about games played. I don't think Nikolai Jokic has missed a game this season and they, they kinda hold and be back. I don't think you should be an MVP just because you played five games more than somebody else. Now, if we remember that the COVID is a big part of the season. So I do believe that every player should get a curve as far as games missed because, I don't know, we're still in a national pandemic that over 500,000 people had died. So, you know, yeah, I do think there should be something for missing games and also the after effects. Seth Curry had caught COVID about a month ago, and he's still talking about his breathing is heavy. Jason Tatum said his legs felt like they're running in mud. It's still times he gets really tired out of breath. And these are world-class athletes, man. So um, that's definitely another thing I noticed, the after effects of COVID. Now, going on to my Sixers, contender or pretender, I'm going to be a little hurt saying this. I love them, but I don't think they're a contender only because I don't think they have elite guard play. I don't think you can win a championship without elite guards. Now, so if you go last year to the Lakers, okay, they don't have elite guards at the one and two, but they got LeBron, which can play guard and basically has played point guard as far as creating a facility for the team. All right, and even if you go on, look at the other team, Miami. Um, Gordon Dragic, Jimmy Butler, uh, Kendrick Nunn. You got multiple guys that can shoot, dribble, pass, play pick and roll offense and defense. Yeah. Um, I just think you need another guy. Now, listen, so we'll go back to the Kyle Lowry. I've talked about this before. I would trade for Kyle Lowry, all right? I don't know about two first-round picks, maybe like a first and maybe two conditional seconds. You want Danny Green, sure. You want Maxi, sure. I would keep Matisse Thybul because I believe he can be a Thybul, excuse me, because I believe he can be a phenomenal defender. He's already a pretty good defender, but I believe in his shot, and I believe him just getting better on offense. Now, I'm going to say another thing I noticed. I think Doc Rivers kind of has to get out. He's, he's stuck in his ways with certain things, okay? When he likes a guy, he, he rides a guy, and I can appreciate that for, you know, sticking with your guy, but he has to have a quicker leap. I don't want to leap, just a good word I want to use. He has to have a quicker change of mind when a player is just not playing well. Yo, you got to come out. Too many times it's either Danny Green, sometimes Seth Curry or Shake, where a certain guy is just not playing well and he just leaves them in and kind of makes that blank dull face that he makes on the sideline. And I just think he has to be better with adjustments, on-the-fly adjustments. He's kind of struggled with that. I do think he's a good coach. It's definitely been an upgrade over Brett Brown. But um, I, want, I need to see that improve. Also, the Lakers. 
Do we panic about the Lakers? Nah to the dog. The only thing I'll say about the Lakers is they got to watch one thing. They got to watch LeBron's minutes. Number two, I don't, I don't honestly think that Davis, they're being honest about the Davis injury. I think it's a little worse than saying. I don't think he's going to play right after the All-Star break. And so if LeBron has to play 38 minutes a game or more, I think that's terrible for them in the second half. I think the number one thing for them to do is just to get maybe another ball handler or a wing player and put less pressure on LeBron. Their record doesn't matter. They do not need the number one seed. All right, I know he wants to push for the MVP. I think they've been 5-5 five and five in their last game. They played Sacramento tonight. LeBron's not playing. I don't think he's – I think MVP right now is Embiid or Jokic 1 or 2. I think that's it. Uh, I think LeBron will be third, and I will put Dame, Steph, Todd fourth, and Luka fifth. All right? That's the next thing I noticed. All right, but going back to the Lakers, I don't think they should panic at all. Now, one thing I do think they have to do – is upgrade the center position. Mark Gasol, again, I know he's a fine passer. He doesn't want to shoot one. He's not shooting well, too. And I just think he's I think he's washed. I think he was washed last year in Toronto when I watched him play. And I think he's washed and stiff now. And I think because of what he did in the past and what he used to do is why they're playing him. Now, listen, he's a veteran. I keep hearing, uh, I think Ramona Shelburne of ESPN reported, He'll get in a better shape. A lot of NBA players are in the best of shape right now. So as the season goes on, you'll see more competitive games. Um, and the next thing and last thing I want to talk about is the refs. Now, I'm not a big blame it on a refs guy. I think every game there are good and bad calls, but I don't think you can hang your head on blame every game on the refs. I, I just think it's just such a, a, a weak out. Now, if there's a game where just, they just dictate the whole game, there's no pace, okay. But I just don't believe in blaming everything on the refs. But I will say that the whole point of this replay was to get certain things right. But these end of games are taking way too long. There has to be a time limit on how long they can replay something and review it and make a determination. I think there should be a one-minute limit. Yo, I'm going in. I start the replay. Once I start looking at the replay, I have one minute. I have to make a decision. Was it conclusive or inconclusive that over that call? All right? Because these games at the end of the games are going from like, Five minutes with a minute left to go to be 15, 25 minutes. These games are too long. Listen, my biggest problem with the NBA has always been it's not enough back and forth. Basketball to me is a, is a pace game, it's an up and down game, and it's a back and forth. Now, I understand what fouls, it can't be a ton of back and forth, but I just don't think it's enough back and forth. If you ever, and I said this before, if you ever watch FIBA basketball, they fly up and down the court. Um, I think they can goaltend. I don't think goaltending is a call over there. I think you can also tap the ball outside of the rim. You can't put your hand in it, but if like the ball's on the outside of the rim, you can tap it out with your hand. And also, there's like way less timeouts. I think there's only like three timeouts a half. So there's just a lot more back and forth. And I consistently say that I think the NBA has to do a better job with the back and forth of the game. The pace and the viewership of the game isn't great. I think the players are the all-time great. I think the way the league is. Also, three-pointers. I get that it's good to shoot threes, but I just don't think bad shooters should be told, shoot. There has to be something else you can do. But I just, you know, a guy that shoots 31%, you really want him out there shooting six threes a game? That, that can't make sense to me. Now, obviously, repetitions matter. And you'll get improved. But if a guy is just a non-shooter, I just don't think you should be out there shooting. I don't know. Go dive to the rim. Go cut. Go do something else. I, I don't, my biggest, another problem I have is identity. I don't want too many teams doing the same thing and looking like the same thing. You know, high pick and roll at the top of the key, 
Uh, am I going to do a step back three? Am I going to go drop to the rim? Am I going to flop for a call? I just want more variance as far as different offenses and just individualism as far as teams. One thing about like about Memphis, the Grizzlies, they've always been a gritty team. They always play tough and play with defense. I like that about them. You know, or you'll talk about an offensive team. I just want you to stick to what your team philosophies are and embrace your team philosophies. Um, that's my last thing. All right, so we're going to talk about tonight's games, and I'm going to get y'all out of here. Just give me one second. All right. Also, I can't put James Harden in the MVP discussion because when healthy, I think Kevin Durant has been a better player this season. But James Harden has been phenomenal. He's most likely going to make first team all NBA. But I can't I can't put MVP for him because you play with Durant. Even though Durant's missed a lot of games. All right. So today, Pacers and Cavaliers, Indiana is favored by six and a half. I like the Cavs to come within six. And I like the uh, I like the Pacers to win. It's gonna be a real close game. This might be like a one point game. Jazz and Sixers. Utah is favored by four and a half. Uh, the last time they played, I think the Sixers lost by like eight or nine. But Ben Simmons played phenomenal. Tobias played really good. And B did not play. I know he takes match up matchups personal. I know he wants to win MVP. I need Joel Embiid to dominate this game. It starts at seven, which is right now. I am picking the Sixers to cover three and a half and win. Raptors Pistons. There's a lot of guys missing for both teams. Um, no Fred Van Fleet, no Pascal Siakam for the Pistons, no Jeremy Grant. I still say Toronto with their bench is going to win. Toronto's favored by seven and a half. I like them to cover that. Nets Brooklyn. Ooh, one thing I did not talk about. Listen. Shout out to my man, Will. The Rockets are terrible. They are this close to, like, quitting. Now, one thing, the only the only ray of sunshine they got is that um, Christian Wood will be back maybe one to two weeks once his ankle heals up. But they are falling apart. The, the house is on fire. Sell your Rocket stock. Sell, sell, sell. I don't even think they own the first-round pick, so that's really bad, too. It also, talking about teams that stink, Minnesota stinks. All right, they traded for their new coach and ain't got a win yet. I'm going to keep my eye on that dude, too. He better be good. I'm going to make sure he's good one way or another. Anyway, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets are favored by 10 on the road at Houston. James Harden's first game in Houston. I like Brooklyn to blow them out and win by maybe 20. Magic Hawks, Atlanta's a favorite by three. I like Atlanta to cover the three, and I like them to win the game. Timberwolves, uh, Charlotte Hornets, Minnesota is home. Charlotte's favored by three. I like Charlotte to win that and cover the spread. Bulls, Pelicans. Pelicans are favored by six. I like the Bulls to cover plus six, but I like the Pelicans to win straight up. Thunder, Mavericks. Luka Doncic is rated uh, downgraded to doubtful versus game versus the Thunder with a sore back. Dallas is favored by four and a half. I do not think they can win without them, but with them, I do think they can win by four and a half. Warriors, Trailblazers. Golden State is favored by one and a half. I got to take the Trailblazers. Even though historically the Warriors always beat the Trailblazers, but I think the Trailblazers right now got a couple more offensive weapons. Robert Covington's been shooting a lot better. Uh, Carmelo's played really good off the bench. Gary Trent Jr., I think Trailblazers are going to win. And the Lakers and Kings, no LeBron James tonight. Kyle Kuzma is questionable. Uh, Maybe not no Jared Dudley. I don't know what that means. Sacramento is favored by three and a half. I like Sacramento. All right, that's it. The next podcast will be 
most likely today is a Wednesday, so we're going to get a Saturday pod. Um, I apologize. I was off for about a week. I uh, wasn't feeling together. My voice was not right. But I am back. I'm going to give you all, um, I think there's about one more set of games before the All-Star break. And we're going to do a full first half review. Um, things to look for in the second half. We'll revisit Stock Up or Stock Down. That was a real good segment that a lot of y'all liked. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Again, I appreciate all the love and support. Tell a friend, tell your buddy, tell your coworker, tell your gym partner, tell somebody about the hottest podcast moving up in the world, the Know Your Role Player Podcast, all right? Hosting me, your boy, all right? Shout outs to all my longtime subscribers, all my longtime listeners, Meta French, uh, my man Ill Will, everybody, if I miss your name, um, I apologize, Frank, Frank the Tank. Um, and we are out again. Next podcast is definitely Saturday. Uh, we'll do like a review again. And I think that might be the last games before the All-Star break. All right. Peace.